the Lord be with you and also with you. Lift up your hearts, we lift them up to the Lord. In virtue of worship, our sanctuary empty, we gather this autumn Sunday. Let us worship God in spirit and in truth. The liturgy, music, and sermon are offered in the praise of God for our virtual congregation through WBUR 90.9 FM and our listenership now and later at WBUR.org. We welcome your prayerful and material support, your written or emailed responses, your self-selection of forms of leadership, ministry, and service in our midst. And as the spirit moves, and when again it is permitted and safe to do so, your presence with us here in worship. Please note on our website the particular programs, educational offerings, and forms of personal and pastoral support available this week, including the opportunity to sign up for our annual Advent devotions. We welcome with joy our preacher this morning, Dr. Jessica Chica, Boston University Chaplain for International Students. Today's service of worship includes her sermon, recorded November 12th, along with music and liturgy rebroadcast from earlier services. Although our nave is empty, the music is full. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it.
May we pray. Blessed Lord, who caused all holy scriptures to be written for our learning, grant us so to hear them, read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest them, that we may embrace and ever hold fast the blessed hope of everlasting life, which you have given us in our Savior, Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. A lesson from Paul's first epistle to the Thessalonians, chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. Now, concerning the times and the seasons, brothers and sisters, you do not need to have anything written to you. For you yourselves know very well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. When they say, there is peace and security, then sudden destruction will come upon them, as labor pains come upon a pregnant woman, and there will be no escape. But you, beloved, are not in darkness, for that day are not in darkness for that day to surprise you like a thief. For you are all children of light and children of the day. We are not of the night or of the darkness. So then, let us not fall asleep as others do, but let us keep awake and be sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who are drunk, get drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober, and put on the breastplate of faith and love, and for a helmet, the hope of salvation. For God has destined us not for wrath, but for obtaining salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, so that whether we are awake or asleep, we may live with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build up each other, as indeed you are doing. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
Please join me in saying verses from Psalm 123 with the antiphon. To you I lift up my eyes, O you who are enthroned in the heavens, as the eyes of servants look to the hand of their master, as the eyes of a maid look to the hand of her mistress, so our eyes look to our Lord, our God, until he has mercy upon us. Have mercy upon us, O Lord, have mercy upon us, for we have had more than enough of contempt. Let us stand as we are able for the singing of the Gloria Patri and the reading of the Gospel. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to St. Matthew, chapter 25, verses 14 through 30. Glory to you, O Lord. For it is as if a man, going on a journey, summoned his slaves and entrusted his property to them. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his ability. Then he went away. The one who had received the five talents went off at once and traded with them and made five more talents. In the same way, the one who had the two talents made two more talents. 
But the one who had received the one talent went off and dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those slaves came and settled accounts with them. Then the one who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five more talents, saying, Master, you handed over to me five talents. See, I have made five more talents. His master said to him, Well done, good and trustworthy slave. You have been trustworthy in a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. And the one with the two talents also came forward saying, Master, you handed over to me two talents. See, I have made two more talents. His master said to him, Well done, good and trustworthy slave. You have been trustworthy in a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. Then the one who had received the one talent also came forward, saying, Master, I knew you were a harsh man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you did not scatter seed. So I was afraid, and I went and hid your, hid your talent in the ground. Here you have what is yours. But his master replied, you wicked and lazy slave, you knew, did you, that I reap where I do not sow and that I gather where I did not scatter. Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers and on my return, I would have received what was my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to the one with the 10 talents. For to all those who have, more will be given, and they will have an abundance. But from those who have nothing, even what they have will be taken away. As for this worthless slave, throw him into the outer darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Grace and peace to you from God, our Creator, and our Lord Jesus Christ. I am so thankful for the opportunity afforded me by the Dean to share the gospel with you today. I haven't spoken in this chapel for nearly seven months. Seven whole months. It's hard to believe when this place has been such an integral part of my own learning and growing in ministry. To our in-person congregation, we miss you, and as I'm sure you miss each other. We stand right now at the precipice of a new year. In two short weeks, the new liturgical year will begin, and we will be plunged into the wonder and anticipation of Advent. Of course, Advent will look and feel different this year. We won't be gathering in the church to hear the word and sing as we normally would. Instead, we will listen to our services on the radio or online, still appreciating the season from, its own, from our own location. We might also instead light an Advent wreath in our homes, tracking the weeks of Advent as they pass, or maybe participate in a daily devotional series 
such as the one Marsh Chapel will offer this year with readings, reflections, and some sounds of the season from the Marsh Chapel Choir. I thank you for enduring my plug. More information can be found on the Marsh Chapel website at bu.edu chapel. Advent, which usually culminates with community gathered to celebrate the birth of the Lord, will instead need to be celebrated in new and creative ways. While we mourn for those things which we have lost due to current circumstances, we also wait in hopeful anticipation for a new day. We don't know what the next few weeks or months will have in store for us. Increased coronavirus case numbers have us concerned as we enter into a season in which our souls are fed by interactions with friends and families at holiday gatherings. How much longer will we be separated from those we love? How much longer will our lives feel upended? As the shorter days of winter slowly begin to creep into our lives, we find, our, we find ourselves facing impatience, loneliness, and uncertainty. Truly, the only thing we can be certain of is that things are not going to be the same as they were last year, or even the year before that. But we are adaptable. We have proof of that from the past eight months. In speaking with our virtual yoga instructor a few weeks ago, she reflected on the adaptability we have all grown accustomed to in this time. Having been accidentally locked out of the regular spaces, space she uses to live stream the yoga class on Thursday nights, she said she had quickly decided that if no one was able to unlock the door to the room for her in time for the class to begin, she would find an alternative space in the same building and, and just make it work. She commented, but that's just the way things are right now, right? We're adaptable. Challenges arise and we find new ways of being in the world. We cling to the things that give us hope for the future. Promising news of an effective vaccine, remembering that we are not alone in what we are experiencing and our trust in God to see us through this time. But as with any practice in exercising patience, we are growing tired. We wanna go back to our normal lives. We wanna see our families. We wanna eat in restaurants, go on vacation, celebrate birthdays together. We've grown weary of the restrictions placed on us thinking, it won't be me, I won't get sick. We let down our guard. We think we know better. And yes, while our need for human interaction is an important part of our existence as social creatures, we need to think past our individual needs to the needs of those around us. This is no small task as our drive is often focused on ourselves first and foremost a reminder of our tendency to turn away from God and God's commands to our own wants. We may think here of Augustine or Martin Luther's use of the term incurvatus in se, 
a fancy Latin way of saying being turned in on oneself. To be turned in on oneself is to lose sight of God as the source of all, and in these two theologians' perspectives, it is also the source of all sin. We instead, as children of God, are called to live out to live outward toward others, rooted in our faith in God and guided by the Holy Spirit. Today's lesson and gospel readings tell us something about patience. Both are concerned with the eventual return of Christ. For Matthew, the parable that Jesus tells about the master who leaves and then later comes back alludes to the death, resurrection, and eventual second coming of Christ and the importance of the right attitude one must maintain in awaiting that return. In 1 Thessalonians, the congregation needs a reminder of who they are and what they can endure in the face of outside challenges with the support of God as they wait. Patience and assuredness in who we are as Christians help us to navigate challenging situations in which our focus is drawn away from God toward our own self-interests. In today's passage from 1 Thessalonians, Paul speaks to a congregation who is waiting somewhat impatiently for the return of Christ. The church in Thessaloniki is in the midst of Roman rule. And as the time from Jesus' death and resurrection grows and his promise to return seems to be fading, the people are growing weary. Paul, however, is trying to encourage them to not lose their identity as Christians and the hope found in Christ's resurrection. The world around them claims to have peace and security, the slogan of the Roman Empire. But Paul warns that there is no peace or security when trust is placed in the wrong thing, primarily anything but God. Those who trust in darkness and fail to be sober in waiting for the return of Christ will be taken by surprise by the sudden destruction created by such an event. For faith is nothing more than total trust and reliance in God and God's promises, a gift fulfilled to us by grace through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Paul calls to those who are the children of light those who reside in the day and follow the light and pathway of Christ set before them. Paul contrasts who the children of light are, that is, those who are part of the church in that time, with those who are in darkness, asleep, or not sober. This is a direct correlation with the worship of the god Dionysus, which was popular in this area during this time. Those who worshiped Dionysus held large drunken gatherings at night. Paul knows that the people in Thessaloniki may be tempted to partake in these activities. He cautions the church that they need to stay on the path of faith in God and mutual support of one another. Something that they have already been doing. He encourages them to stay vigilant to who they are. Paul uses the language of spiritual armor to get 
help the Thessalonians continue to not only recognize who they are internally, but to show it to the rest of the world. A breastplate made of faith and love and a helmet made of hope may seem woefully inadequate to protect an individual from real threats of physical harm. But Paul here encourages that faith, love, and hope are essential to the life of the church. As a community, they grow stronger by placing faith, hope, and love at the center of their well-being. They should not allow their fundamental values to be changed in worshiping the wrong sources of peace and security. And they should continue to live in a community of trust and mutual understanding. This will be their strength in the midst of physical, social, or psychological dangers. We hear similar themes of patience and trust in the gospel from Matthew today. The master, who can be interpreted as either God or Christ, gives the generous gift of a talent or large sum of money to each of his slaves. Now, we could just take the talent at face value and see this story as a story about sound financial investment. But instead, let us consider Jesus as the master and the talent as the good news of Jesus Christ entrusted to Christians after Jesus' death, but before his promised return. The lesson we learn from the third slave is that what is given to us from God, or even through the death, death and resurrection of Christ, what is entrusted to us is not meant to be hidden away as some sort of secret, but rather is meant to be shared with others. Just like the community in Thessaloniki, we are meant to share the good news of Christ with others. God entrusts us with this message, and we, in turn, place our trust back in God. Sharing this kind of message doesn't come without risks, though. The other two slaves in the story took a chance in trading their talents with the expectation of making more. Sharing the gospel with others can feel like that, as if we are being somewhat reckless with the precious message that has been entrusted to us, especially if we share it with people who won't accept it. But we must take that chance anyway sharing our love and faith with others, with hope grounded in our relationship with God through Christ. As children of light, we shine that light in ways that others can see. We shouldn't hide it under a bushel, as Jesus instructs earlier in Matthew, but rather remember that we are people of salt and light, called to bring good news to others. Many of us know the song, This Little Light of Mine, a spiritual turned civil rights anthem turned Sunday school song. I couldn't help but think about this song as I reflected on our calling to be children of light. In it, we are reminded not only of the light granted to us by God, 
but that this light brings joy for others to see and experience. If you will indulge me for a moment, I am not a singer, but I will do my best. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. The song is simple. It's easy to sing along with. It's easily transmutable to many different situations. But its simplicity should not be confused with its power. Just like the faith, love, and hope found in the community of Thessaloniki, there is great power and resistance located in this song. In a piece from All Things Considered in 2018, focused on the spiritual, Reverend Seku, a, an activist and preacher who's actually from the Boston area uh, most recently, spoke about the effective use of singing this song in response to white supremacist demonstrations in Charlottesville, Virginia. It not only united the people who were counter-protesting, but took those demonstrating by surprise. Reverend Seku commented, the tensions went down and it shook the Nazis. They didn't know to what to do with all of that joy. We weren't going to let the darkness have the last word. In traditional nonviolent protest fashion, those in power were caught off guard by the power of voices of those who wanted to share the light with others. Their message wasn't of hate or of violence, but instead of sharing brightness, an indwelling sense of God with others, a feeling that cannot be easily removed or taken away when trust is placed in the right source. What if we use this song as our anthem to help us get through this difficult time? What if every day we took some time to sing it to ourselves, listen to a recording of it, or even just sing it in our heads. It might act as a prayer for us as we begin our days to remember that number one, we are not alone in whatever struggles we are facing. And number two, we have the ability to share our light with others even when life feels like it's at its darkest. I encourage you to take some time to think about incorporating this song what it means to you into your life as we enter into Advent this year as a reminder of the hope that sustains us. We then come to the question of how can we share our light with others? Some of us have donned the, ass, the acts of wearing a mask in public, keeping our distance from others, and staying home whenever possible as the way we are sharing our Christian love with others during this time. 
The presiding bishop of the ELCA, Bishop Elizabeth Eaton, recently reminded members of my church that although we are COVID fatigued, we still need to show care and concern for one another by following the protocols laid out for us by experts. These include washing our hands, staying away from large crowds, physically distancing, and wearing a mask. Others of us have used this time to make a concerted effort to reach out to friends and family. We have checked in on people's emotional and spiritual welfare, sharing stories and concerns with one another. Still others of us have put energy into new tasks, picking up a new hobby that can assist others like making masks or learning about and acting for justice issues. There are many ways we can shine our light for others to see and be warmed by, and maybe even allowing them to catch a light themselves. I know we are tired. We are impatient. We are unsure about the future. We face challenges that affect our health, our livelihoods, and our relationships. We yearn for something different. However, we are children of light. For us, as Christians, we are reminded of the ways we receive grace from God when we hear the word. Scripture serves as the spiritual fuel to continue bolstering and growing our faith in God in whom we trust, so that we can live out our lives in a way that supports others. We let our light shine in the face of darkness because that is what God's love does for us. We may not be able to gather in person, but we can certainly gather in spirit with one another through hearing the word expressed each week. Our light continues to be fueled by the source of all. I now invite you into a time of prayer when we turn our hearts and minds to God. Longing for Christ's reign among us, we pray for the outpouring of God's power on the church, the world, and all in need. Lord of the church, ignite your people with the passion of your love. By the fire of the Holy Spirit, unify us across ministries, congregations, and denominations and refine us to participate in your activity throughout the world. Hear us, O God, your mercy is great. Lord of creation, we stand in awe at the works of your hands and praise you for the beauty of nature. Bless the earth for your glory and restore its integrity where exploitation has caused ruin. 
Hear us, O God. Your mercy is great. Lord of the nations, sound forth your justice in the ears of all leaders. Increase concern for those who are most vulnerable, especially as international leaders forge trade agreements and cooperate to end human rights abuses. Hear us, O God. Your mercy is great. Lord of all in need, search out all who cry to you in distress. Scatter the heavy clouds of depression, chronic illness, unemployment, and loneliness with your radiant light. Send us as encouragement and signs of your healing. Hear us, O God, your mercy is great. Lord of the stranger, stir up holy restlessness in us to extend love to those at the margins. Release our desire for control and open us to learn from the perspectives of others. Hear us, O God, your mercy is great. Lord of the living and the dead, we give you thanks for all the saints at rest from their labors. Rouse us to live by their example, that saints yet to come may also know your love. Hear us, O God, your mercy is great. Receive our prayers in the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior, until that day when you gather all creation around your throne, where you will reign forever and ever. Amen.
Our holy parent, your generosity knows no limits and has no bounds. We give to the church because it first gave to us. We serve our brothers and our sisters because we have received generosity from others. We love you because you first loved us. The interconnectedness of life requires that we both receive humbly and give generously. Lord, please accept our heartfelt offering as a token of our adoration for you and what you create. Amen.
with glad hearts we depart this place, sanft und stiller, meek and quiet. Hear the benediction. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the sweet communion of the Holy Spirit be and abide with each one of us now and forever. Amen.